Alright guys, welcome to episode 54 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today, we're going to be talking about um, Army of the Dead. Talking about A Quiet Place 2. We are going to talk about um, Coach K retiring. Uh, Jim Beheim uh, fucking sticking around for four more years. Setting his sights on a on Fuck a goal. you. On yeah. a specific record. Um, and then uh, we talk about, you know, some NBA news as well as some wild NBA conspiracies uh, involving <laughs> um, supernatural elements and the CIA. Ju- and the CIA multiple times. Um, <laughs> like like two, of the, two of these revolve around the CIA and then also um, rogue fecal matter. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but first. So let's start with what we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this week I went to see A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, and this just came out, I think, uh, right before Memorial Day weekend. So this was opening weekend. Um, and this sequel, of course, to the 2018... Or 2019? No, it was 2018. Uh, you know, the first A Quiet Place. Uh, both of them directed by John Krasinski, who played Jim on The Office. And now he's, you know, like a big-time director and big-time, mm-hmm. um, like... Uh, action person now i mean we talked about him before about <clears throat> his amazon movie and then or his series and then the benghazi movie um but the 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 sick this one the sequel um it's pretty good it's pretty good did you ever see the first one i did i actually really liked the first one yeah yeah and it's like the sort of like self-contained like just like them on the farm and you like know the monsters and stuff and and like it's just like them and their family and stuff and and this one um finds a way to keep it a little bit inventive um you know there's like what my worry was that it was just going to be like a continuation of like you know you go to one room oh sh- sh- oh shit action space where you like barely escape and then the next one you go like sh- 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 oh shit another action thing because they barely heard us but it actually keeps it pretty fresh and i think i think that it, it has like a, a 90 minute runtime and i think that both hurts it and helps it you know, helps it, keeps it fresh, keeps it from getting too, like, stale. Because, you know, there's only so many things you can do with, like, a monster that you can't hear, right? You have to have scenes of dialogue. You have to, right. you know, have people talk and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but um, I think it hurts it because uh, I think it could have used a lot. To, it it could have been a lot bigger. I think I think the way that this could have been, it is good. I think it is very good. But it could, I think it could have been great if it could have, like, with other horror series, expanded its scope. So, like, imagine, like, Terminator... To Terminator 2 or Alien to Aliens where it like expands and like it's grow it, it like the universe becomes much bigger than what the first one was and it, this one hints at it there's like one scene where you meet like this sort of um I say tribe but like a group of people who are you know have had to live their entire post apocalypse time in like a specific location and they're changed by it but it's all it's a very short sequence and i was like i would have loved to have spent like another 10 minutes there or like maybe another 15 minutes there and they go 
somebody does a trek and they're like, how long did it take? And it's like, just under two days. And they're like, wow, that's incredible. You know, you did it. That was all determination. And I was like, where was that? We had like three scenes of that. Like we had like, right. literally like, like, <laughs> like two minutes of them walking and like, that was it. And so I was like, I would have loved to have seen more of that. Make it, make it a little bit bigger. Um, but it, it's great. It's got, I mean, the, it's still very, very, very tense, very scary. And it, and it does that thing that I like in sequels where they're, you know, the first one, you can barely see the creature. You see, like, its claw a little bit. Or you see, like, you know, it, it runs by in a flash and you don't really get a good glimpse of it until the end where you can see it all. This one goes, nah, right at the front gate, they're like, here's the monsters, right? And I'm okay with that because it, like, I want to see them, right? And so I, I right. like that. Um, I... I tweeted out that I think it's a great mix of uh, aliens, like the first, you know, just because there's more, right? There's only, okay. there's not just three or two, or whatever. There's like dozens. There's more. Um, I said aliens, um, Spielberg's War of the Worlds, and uh, um, The Last of Us, the video game. Okay. Um, so it's a nice mix of all of those, um, especially the War of the Worlds. Did you ever watch that one, the Spielberg one? I think it's the one with Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise right? and Dakota Fanning and like yeah. the aliens come out of the ground and they like zap people and they turn into dust. Um, there, you know, at the beginning, at the first, one of the first scenes in that movie is where the aliens are coming out of the ground. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I fucking love that sequence. I think that movie is an awesome, like the first two acts are just like fucking just like peak Spielberg. Like this motherfucker's like at the height of his powers, like killing it. And in the third act, it just kind of goes down the toilet. It's like that I am legend thing. It's like that Hancock thing where it's just like, dude, like you had me, like I was there. And then you just straight up just like shit it all the way. But the reason that this movie reminds me of that one is because early on, like I said, when the aliens are coming out of the ground, there's like the great sequence where like Tom Cruise is running and like they're running from the, from the aliens that are zapping everybody. And he's running through houses and running through buildings and stuff. And there's a early on in this movie, I don't think it's a spoiler because I think it's in the trailers. Um, they show kind of what happened on the first day, right? And I, the whole time I was like, this is like Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Like, this is like, he, he clearly watched those sequences and was like, I want to do that. Because it is so similar to those scenes. Right. Um, and that kind of, like, when it, and then when it, when that part ends, it's a very, you know, it's just the prologue. It's a very short sequence. Um, when that part ends and it goes back to, like, the pre- present day, like, the main story, I was like, ah. Oh. I kind of wish we would have stuck with that one. I would love to have continued <laughs> to watch that because that that was really good. And I, I assume that if they keep seeing, you know, people react positively to it, it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up doing, you know, a prequel to it. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I totally recommend it. I think if you like the first one, I think you'll love this one. I think if you just want a good like ninety minute thrill ride, this is it. Um. But yeah, you you can't go wrong. Do you think you'll go see it, or do you think you'll you'll like watch it eventually, or like do you have any interest in it? I'm not really sure. So I don't have a whole lot of interest in it. I loved mm-hmm. the first one. I, this didn't feel like something that needed a sequel to me. Like I feel Same. like the yes. first one was just yeah. like, all right, and we're done. You know what right. I mean? Like, get the little right. bow. Like now we know how to kill them. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not hard to believe that they're like. I'm not saying that like happily ever after and everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. But, like, things are definitely on the up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, a perfect thing. Like, at the end of, um, well, I'm not going to spoil it. But anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's, like, it's done. And I felt the exact same way. I was, like, when people were, like, you know, because it made a lot of money. And then people came out, you know, the, immediately they were, like, we're producing, we're, we're getting the second one ready, right? And I was, like, that's actually, like, 
I mean, it, like, it felt like a cash grab immediately. I was like, oh, you guys are just doing this just because this made a lot of money. And, like, John Krasinski's probably going to go direct some Marvel movie now. And, like, you know, whatever. And and then when it was coming together and it was, like, coming out, you know, because Mar- this was done. It was supposed to come out, like, literally before COVID came out. Or COVID mm-hmm. uh, stopped. Uh, came out, yeah. Like, it, like, dropped, like, sneakers. Um, before COVID started. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it was like done. It was. Like hey, it was not limited release though. COVID no, no, yeah. And it was release. like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like it was, it was completed. And I was like, two years. Like usually, like movies, like it's very hard to make a good sequel in two years. Like it's rare. Like it's very, very rare for a movie to be very good only two years after the first one comes out. So I, was, I had no hopes for it. I was like, you know, the original writers were gone. John Krasinski wrote this one. Too small of a window. You know, it. it, it how is it going to feel fresh again? Because that first one is like so smart and, you know, unique. And I was like, oh shit, like this is a, you know, very, it's hard to get a good original story these days in terms, you know, from Hollywood and stuff. And so I I was, no, I had hope, no hopes. And then I saw the reviews and they, you know, they were pretty positive and, and I think they were right. I mean, I think this is a, a pretty good one. I, like I said, I, they're, mm, mm, like it is pretty good. I don't think it's at, it's as tight as the first one because there's like little things where I was like, ah, you could tweak that, you could add here, you could move that. Like that's not quite as good or like whatever. Um, but it was, um, it's still very, very entertaining and very good. Yeah. So I don't, I don't keep up with movies enough to to like hear all the rumblings of like when things are like greenlit. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know a Quiet Place Two was a thing until like I saw the trailer and I was like. That also may make it worse because if you said it was ready in two years, right? When did Quiet Place come out? You said uh, I think it's like twenty eighteen, uh, March right, so, twenty eighteen or April twenty eighteen. Right. So now we're like three full years removed, and it's like a Quiet Place too. And I'm like, why? Like, like it's been three years. Like we have it. I thought the first one was done. You know what I mean? Like, like, like yeah. what is? Why is this even a thing? And so, like, I, I'm just kind of naturally like away from it like i'm like i don't even know if i want to watch this Mm -hmm. like now that you're telling me it's good i'm definitely more likely to watch it i've also heard uh a couple people on twitter talk about how uh what's his name murphy uh how do you pronounce Oh, killian murphy yeah killian murphy Mm -hmm. i I heard he was great in it yes Um, yeah yeah and he was great and and well he i when the movie ended i turned to sydney and i was like he would have been such a good Joel in the last of his show because there's like a sort of not a similar storyline, but he, oh, you can, well, and plus you can see it. Like you can, even just in the trailers, you can see, first of all, visually, it looks like, and then just hearing him talk and like the urgency, like, you know what I mean? Like how yeah. he's looking at things. You'd be like, Oh no, it's like, that's definitely a good last of us one Joel for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, he would have been so good. Like, you can you imagine like he, I just never, when people were, you know, fan casting the the show, because, you know, it's going to be, um, what's his name, Pedro Pascal, um, and people were like, it should be this guy or that guy. I was like, I can't think of anybody who, you know, it would be like, I, and he would have never crossed my mind. I would have had like a hundred people before I got to him. And then after the movie ended, I was like, damn, he would have been like really, really good. Yeah, I feel like the casting directors probably were like, oh, shit. Like, God they, damn it. How did we never even remotely think of that? Mm. No one did. Don't feel bad. (laughs) Uh, um, But yeah. Uh, So I I would... I don't know. That one's a coin toss on whether I end up watching it. Mm. Um, But it's good to hear it at least went well. You know, despite our our, uh, shortcomings or 
can't come up with the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but yeah, it went well despite like, like what we were worried about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and some people were like, you know, it, it's too short or it doesn't feel like a full movie. And I don't think that's true. I, I think it definitely, you know, you get um, arcs for certain characters. <clears throat> and, you know, Emily Blunt is still great. And, and the girl who plays her daughter, um, you know, she's like deaf in real life. She is fucking awesome. Like she, the movie, like she carries this one. Like it, I, I thought it was gonna be like the Emily Blunt show, but yeah. it's not. Like she is there and she's supporting and stuff, but it's mostly the girl. She's the one that like carries mm. the the story, and she was great. Like everybody was great. Even the little kid was great. Um, Even the, seeing the, the trailers, I thought it was the Emily Blunt show. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought this, I thought so too because. Um, you know, she's on all the posters. She's like, you know, like you said, like it makes sense because she's like the one that survives and she's like the big actress, but no, it's, um, it's that girl. But yeah, I definitely totally recommend it. Um, if people are listening and they have Paramount plus, this is going to be on Paramount plus in 45 days. So that would be like mid July, um, is when it'll be streaming on there. If people have that app, I don't have that one. Um, I've heard good things about their, no, no, I'm thinking about Peacock. Never mind. I haven't I haven't heard of anything that's on Paramount Plus yet, but it's fairly new, so you know they have they don't have any shows yet. But yeah, this is going to be one of those like forty five days after release movies. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so <clears throat> as far as what I've been watching, um, mm-hmm. I've watched Army of the Dead. Okay. And mm-hmm. so after I finished it, right, like the moment it ended, I was like, that was pretty good. And then like I sat on it some more. Like, the next day, overnight, looked up a couple things, and now I'm like, I think that movie's pretty bad, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this one is not one that gets better with time. Mm. Like, and... and Did I I send you... There was, was like, an honest trailer for it, which I watch, you know, every week, and then there was an article that was a review, and I can't remember if I sent it to you or not. I don't think I got the review. I think okay. I, just, I definitely got the honest trailers thing, and I got a few tweets um, after I told you I watched it. Mm-hmm. But I just think, yeah, I mean, I just think it it was not done well. Like there were here's the deal. I, I'm like the most like just buying and watch type person, mostly. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't really second guess a whole lot of things when I'm watching a movie. They have to be pretty fucking egregious. Mm-hmm. And there were like a couple. There were like two or three like things that happened. It, like while I was watching it, I was like, "Huh? Like why?" Mm-hmm. And then, like after I was done, I just looked on Twitter and someone was like, "Well, why wasn't this a thing?" And I was just immediately, I was like, "That's a big one because that's the whole fucking movie." Like, like <laughs> that is now like my things. I felt like were maybe nitpicky. But that thing is really bad. Like, and so it's like, if you have all these nitpicky things and then one horrendously bad thing, I'm like, at this point, your movie was kind of just bad. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and um, um, I'm trying to think of, of how we can talk about it. Do you know, if it, is it like something that's like, like a story thing or just like a little like, wait, why the, didn't he just give you the code to the safe? No, no. So the. Alright, so the code to the safe thing, that's definitely nitpicky. Because to me, there's a chance also that if you're the guy that owns the building, you don't know the code. Because you have people working at the building that, like, are responsible for doing this. You know what I mean? So it's like, like, and and I'm sure it's one of those things where, like, you change the code every so often. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, maybe he's not in the intricacies of working. Like, I feel like he should still probably know it, but (laughs) that wouldn't be a hard sell. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, oh, well, you know, he's not there every day because he's obviously sketchy, so he's got sketchy shit going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> um, but the big one is the bag. Oh, okay. okay. Because when if, you... yeah. Because, I mean, like, if, if it's about the bag, then, like, I, I feel like that's vague enough, don't you? Yeah, yeah. If it's about the bag, then now the the whole thing falls apart. Like, <laughs> this whole fucking scenario doesn't make any sense for anybody involved. And that's right. that's where it, like... So, like, that, you know, I'm like, is that just, like, kind of a small plot hole? And, you know, like, I don't really know where we draw this line. So, like, when Star Wars people were like... Well, when you warp speed the ship like that, it wouldn't actually hit the other one. I don't watch enough Star Wars, but now you're getting kind of nitpicky, right? Like, we're just, we're shitting it, on little things, I feel right, like. Right, right, right. Yeah, you, if it's a made-up rule and you can bend it a little bit to hit the thematic points that you want to make. Right. You shouldn't be like, uh, actually, uh, when that makes a thing, there is, um, there's this Simpsons bit. Where they go to uh, Comic-Con and they're talking to writers who do the Itchy and Scratchy show. And then he goes, "Um, excuse me, when Itchy rips open Scratchy's chest and he starts to play xylophone with his ribs, the sounds that come from the ribs, there's a note that gets skipped. And the writer of Itchy and Scratchy is like, um, what? Because it's like, like, all right, like, calm down, right? Right. It's not that serious. So that's how I feel about, like, the Star Wars thing. But... Then when this thing happens, the bag happens, like, now, like, none of the character, like, none of the people that have put things in motion make sense anymore. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. the, like, none of these characters should be doing the things they're doing anymore. Like, they're, they're, like, it's so now, it's like, well, that thing fucked the whole thing up you know what i mean and it's not like it's not like we're on track a and then a twist and now we're on track b it doesn't work like that because now it's like the twist is like oh you were on track b the whole time and it's like but no we weren't because we did all this dumb track a shit so like what was the point of any of this you know what mm-hmm. what I mean? like so like that's what it's just like it fucked the whole thing up and like so, I mean, like, is the, how do we feel about the zombie that is the one that I asked you about? Do we, do uh, we want to talk about that? Because I don't feel yeah, like it matters at all Well, they, they movie, mention right? it in the Honest trailer. I think it's okay. And besides, I think at this point... And I think, I think Zack Snyder has already talked about it, like, before the movie came out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, like there's a shot, I mentioned it weeks ago where I was like, Hey, keep your eye on this or keep your eye on that. If you know, you see it when you watch it. And so at one point, you know, the, the Dave Batista is shooting the robots and he shoots one and it's like, it's like not in slow motion, but it's like in sort of half slow motion enough where you can, it's not just like bang, bang, bang. It's like bang, bang. And then it keeps moving. And you see like a, a zombie with a robot face. Yeah, so, and the thing is, he shoots, like, four zombies. It's, like, zombie one, regular zombie. Zombie two, regular zombie. Like, just blood and guts. Zombie three, blood and guts. Zombie four, blue light. And then, like, as it lays up... I I think it's still even at full speed. I don't even know that they slow it down, but the thing is, I think the camera sticks on it a little longer. Yeah. And, like, uh after he shoots it, you see blue, so your eyes immediately, like, what the fuck? And then, like, 
it kind of like shows the zombie laying on the ground for a little longer than any of the other zombies. And mm-hmm. you can see that it has a like chrome skull, right? Yeah. Like underneath the fleshy yeah. garbage. And so all I wanted to say about that really was that like, I remember watching the, is it really that bad Batman versus Superman thing? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how shitty and out of place it is that he has these like, all of a sudden, like, Batman's just going through files to show you each superhero. So that way, when the Justice League comes out, you're like, oh, there was the the sign. You know what I mean? Like, that. Yeah. And it's like, it feels out of place. That, I feel like, was another thing where, like, it's not as out of place. But I feel like if you're writing for the movie is so bad that after it's over, like, one Google. And I was like, oh, wait, this movie's trash. And And also, while I'm watching the movie, I'm getting, like, three or four things where I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Maybe don't spend time sprinkling little fucking Easter eggs for sequels and shit. Yeah, for sequels or for like an animated show, right? Because they're like, maybe we're in a time loop. And I'm like, what, what movie? Fuck you. All right. <laughs> right. Maybe we're in a time loop. Is this the time loop where your movies are fucking garbage? Because this one's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and like, I like, you know, I liked, I like that if it's in a movie where I'm not also thinking about. A bunch of other stuff. So, like, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I forget who the lady writer was, but she was talking about how, like, you know, making a, you can't just go, I'm going to make a heist movie, right? Because heist movies are very, very hard because there's, like, a thousand things that you have to juggle. You have to juggle, you know, the team coming together. And people expect certain things from, from a heist movie, like, where, you know, at the end, they run into a roadblock and then somebody figures out a way to do it using something that they had mentioned before, like some sort of... Uh, like quick fix and then you know there's a heist within the heist right it's just things that sort of are expected in heist movies that i think keep them fresh and if you are not a good writer like i think Zack snyder is not yeah like your heist movie can't just be a bunch of people came together they came up with a plan for the heist and the heist goes flawlessly like that's You're not right. a good exactly. heist movie. <laughs> it's, it's inert it, it's it's just like that's what she said she's like they literally go in and they're like all right let's walk let's get there and they walk and they get there and i'm like Okay, like your brain sort of goes, okay, that was a little too easy. What uh, What's going on there? And like, just like, you know how we were talking about last week about the story wheel. It's like, oh, I mean, okay, sure, right? Then your mind just kind of fills in the gaps. But then in the back of your mind, you go, that was not very good storytelling. Right. So, yeah, a good yeah, I was going yeah, to say something, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. Hold on, but, hold on. You, you, I'm going to make a note and I'll just cut it out, so that way we don't have to worry about like telling them how far to skip ahead. So I'll just make a note and say from twenty one twenty, we're going to cut out till we talk to the thing. So and I think making the the a zombie the main villain, I thought that's a. I think that's a bad idea, just in the genre. Like, at all. So, like, here's another thing. Zombie genres. We expect certain things. We expect the the villains to be human villains so that we can cheer against them. And, and like, you know, like, they have motivations. They have, you know, ideas, right? They have ideological differences between you and the heroes that you're cheering for. And the zombies are just there to sort of pick at the the edges or maybe eat the villain, you know, and split them up into pieces. Like, have you seen Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, yeah. Also, are we going to include this in the podcast now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, you know, at the end, he's facing, you know, the whole time they're zombies, but David's the main 
stick in the mud. He's like, eh, I don't want to go to Lanchester. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right? He's like the asshole. And then he, at the end, he tries to kill Sean by shooting him. And then he gets killed. Right? If they don't have the, him and they just have, like, the group, then it's like, well, the zombies are the bad guys, but there's, like, no motivation there. There's no storytelling, like, charged emotion there, right? Right. And so I thought making that super roided out zombie the main villain, it's like, well, cool, but... There's no. He should have you know, been a major problem along with the villain. He should right, have been, right. He should have been. Yeah, like the villain should have been the the guy trying to sneak out the head, but he was sort of like just like a sidekick villain. He wasn't like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only reason that guy was a sidekick villain is because it was written like garbage. He's supposed to be the real villain. Like right. I, 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 I think I feel pretty confident that if you asked Zack Snyder who the villain is, he would say. The, the sneaky guy. And you know what's funny? I like. I kind of was like, maybe we shouldn't say sneaky guy or, or like uh, traitor. But like, it's they don't even try to hide it. Exactly. And that's what the hardest show says to like the most the guiltiest looking man who literally everybody says, "I don't trust you two. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> He's like, "Hey man, I'm Jason. I don't trust you, Jason." It's like, oh, okay. I mean, yes, but like literally everybody else <laughs> told him that. You know. Yeah, like literally every single person there. And he, the thing is, is they even set him up to be not trustworthy. Like, the very first time you see it is with a guy that everyone says is sketchy. And he's like with him. And you're like, yes. okay, well clearly this guy is like... And then all of a sudden he's coming along. And it's like, oh, okay, like sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I found the article I was going to send you. And you can read all of it, but I think the last few sentences are... Um, I'm not as low on it, the movie as this, but they're pretty devastating. Or I think he says, you know, he's talking about Snyder's movies. Actually, I do think you sent me this now that I'm it, now that I'm thinking about it. I, I might. I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, but he says, you know, and Army of the Dead is probably the worst of them all. As awful and hard to watch as Batman versus Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice is, there's a frisson there that comes from being angry at Snyder for putting a giant jar of piss in the movie. Army of the Dead is just a snooze. Even the film film's plot holes aren't worth getting worked up over. And Snyder has made something worse than a bad movie. He's made an inert one. Right, yeah. Okay, so I, you did send me that. And it's just like, yeah. this shit's not even like, prov- like provocative while it's bad. It's just like, no, it's, it's kind of bad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, but the thing that I will say is that I think, like, I think the performances, a lot of the performances you get are like, as good as you could have hoped for, given the, you know what I mean, like yeah, like Batista's great in it. I mean, I don't yeah. Ultimately, like you know, I, I don't think he was given a whole lot to work with. So, if what he pulls off, he he does well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, also, yeah. real quick, sorry, uh, no, go ahead, go go because mine's on. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was like, I I totally agree. I think you know, as good as. They're pretty much as good as they can be. I thought, you know, that German guy was like as good as he could be. The the German guy and the black guy uh, in the in like at the safe. That yeah, whole, yeah, the that guy... whole scene was like that whole section is probably the most like entertaining part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, 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 and the opening credits. I thought that's like the, that's like where I was like, do you remember me telling you that I was like the movie that I wanted isn't what the movie promising that's not the movie's fault yeah right it's that it's because i wanted the opening sequence that's what i wanted as the movie as a whole right Right. it's like that sort of initial like vegas a motherfucking dead zombie elvis running around right like that's like what i 
I don't know, that's what is entertaining to me in terms of a zombie movie. Like, oh shit, they're in Vegas and all the lights are going off and like somebody gets hit into a jackpot. Oh, there's a zombie spinning around in a roulette table. Oh, yeah. not like these jacked, roided, gray zombies jumping over tables and dodging bullets, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, yeah, I, yeah. It's just odd. It's it's super odd choices that are not consistent. I think yeah. that like hurt this movie. Also, like, I'll just text you about it later. But like, there's or right after we finish recording, there's one more thing that I forgot and I read and I was like, this is hilariously bad because it's just tacked on. Like, it's not. It doesn't matter in any capacity. Like, it has nothing to do with the movie. It's this thing that is completely separate and extra tacked mm-hmm. on, and even that is, like, bad and poorly written. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, you, you could have cut that entirely. Nobody would have gave a shit. And, and, like, but you decide to throw it in there, and then it still makes less sense now that it's in there. Like, what, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I, yeah. No. I. So, yeah. yeah. So, that. Well, that Good. I was gonna say whatever. Like you know, my thoughts on it a couple of weeks ago. I'm definitely lower on it, or not as like as like. Oh, that was pretty good. I definitely have, like you said, the more you think about it, the more you go like, yeah, that wasn't that very good. <clears throat> and so I'm definitely not like I hated it. It was terrible, but I'm definitely not as high as I was when I first talked about it on here. Um, also, oh. The the shallow focus. Remember when I first yeah. said, you know, like Google what that is. Like, did that get annoying to you too? I'm like, it didn't. Jesus that didn't Christ. bother me a whole lot. There was one scene where it was used, and I was like, that's like kind of a. It felt like a video, like it felt like something a video game would do, but it was like when it was doing it on like the, the the woman zombie, the the woman yeah. alpha oh, zombie yes, over to yeah. the queen. Mm-hmm. And when that's she what I said. Backs I... out of it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Like, like it's on her. She's focused, and then she backs out of focus, and you can mm-hmm. just see her kind of like a super foggy, hazy, out of focus version of her, just like kind of walking around and stuff in the like while being completely out of focus." And I was just like, "I don't know what you're trying to get across with that. Like, I don't know like what you're trying to portray or or try to show us, like." I'm trying to think of the best example of that, like, in a video game, when you die, like, as the person that killed you is, like, backing away, it gets, like, super fun, and like, I get it, you know what I mean, that, like, mm-hmm. thematically makes sense, but it's, like, they're just looking at her, and then all of a sudden she just backs out, and it's just, like, now we're not focused on her, but she's the only thing on screen, so, like, I don't really know what, <clears throat> like, I don't know what you were trying to do when you did this shot. Right. Other than it just maybe looks cool. Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like her, her stepping back out of focus looked cool, but then we hung on it. Like, we yes. sat there, and I was like, why, why are we still watching this? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I like that when it's with the zombies, like I mentioned, you know, when it's, like, in focus and it's, like, super close, because you can see all of the little details on their teeth and, like, their makeup, and you're like, that's awesome. That looks great. That, that looks awesome. Like, that, I'm glad they're using real makeup. It looks awesome. But then, like, everything else is blurring. You're like, well, I want to see everything else, man. Like, you know, like, like it works for that. And it works when it's like, like you said, like, when she comes into focus. And you're like, holy shit, that's terrifying. That's an ugly bitch. And then, it, you know, it's that it works like that. But in everything else, I was just like, I just want to see your movie, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get why you would do it, for sure. 
I just, I, yeah, I don't know what the point of doing it is. And I feel like we've yeah. kind of gotten to the point where, like, he is just, like, st- tripping over his own feet all the time. Zack Snyder. <laughs> I feel like between his writing and photography, all that. Like, I just feel like you are your own obstacle at this point. Because yeah. you can clearly make a good movie. You've made them. And then, like, it seems like the more control we give you, the more this falls apart. Yeah. Like, it's like every time, it's exactly like the Houston Texans having Bill O'Brien, who's, like, a coach. And, like, we we know he's a good coach somewhere in there because, like, he's had good years and he got hired to the NFL. You don't mm-hmm. even you don't even get to the NFL just being a terrible coach, right? Like, mm-hmm. but then they're like, well, things are going poorly. Let's give him general manager control. And it's like, whoa, oh, that was And we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. In a similar situation. <laughs> So, but yeah, and it's like you did that, and you're like, whoa, like that's that's a stretch, and then it starts to go worse, and then you know what I mean, and yeah. I feel like that's what's happening with Zack Snyder, right? Like he's clearly a good director because he's he's made good films, but then you're like, you know, one of them goes wrong, and he's like, well, it's because I didn't have enough control over this, and I'm like, all right, here's more control, and then now more things are going wrong. <laughs> exactly, it's it's like, yeah, it's just it makes no sense to me. Some of the shit that he does, and and. Giving him more control. That's what. Well, this this will be a, a bigger topic for you know much longer discussion about Netflix movies being shit because they give out too much control. And I know people are always like, well, you know, the director should have control, but it's like yes, but the best movies are made sort of collaboratively, right? The studio right. notes are there for a reason, and sometimes they're dumb, like they tarnish the vision, but then sometimes they're good, right? Right. Exactly. They make you keep keep story knits tight right they, they would go hey cut this bullshit about time loops right cut the fucking robot zombie shot because it'll confuse people right exactly um so yeah army of the dead so i guess i don't hate it like i don't i'm not i'm trying to get to explain this I, I it was enjoyable while i watched it, it or enjoyable enough mm-hmm. and like the performances are okay but, like, I still think it is a terrible movie. I don't really know how to reconcile those things, right? Like, I, like, <laughs> like, I think you've done the, like, some of the very most fundamental shit poorly. And so, like, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to do with this. Like, it, it looks nice. Like, there's, you know what I mean? There's enough to like if you want to like it. But mm-hmm. overall, like... Overall, this would only ever show up in a film class uh, as to be an example of what not to do, right? Like, there's nothing <laughs> redeeming. Like, you know what I mean? From, like, a technical or foundational mm-hmm. aspect. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not super into film, but I have to imagine if you're someone that's doing, you know, film study or anything like that, and you're, you're going to school for that kind of thing, or even working on that kind of thing, there's no way you would ever look at any of this and be like, see, this, like, so you do things this way sometimes because this. And it's like, mm-hmm. no. Like, this would just be like, if this movie came on, it'd be like, all right, so here's the thing. is like, this is a perfect example where, like, you have good casting and, like, good ideas, and then you all just piece it together like dog shit, and it still doesn't work as a movie. You know what I mean? That's, like, what this would be an example of. Yeah. Because the idea should be fine. Like, it's like he had a good movie. Like, he had planned out characters. Uh, like, he gave good character backgrounds. He gave good character, you know, like, where they're going to show up, how they're going to interact. And then all of a sudden, he was like, all right, time to put them in a story. And it just he just chose the wrong story. Like, yeah. I, and it's just like, well, fuck, this doesn't work. So, it's like, it's like you had good elements, and then you made a shit sandwich with it. 
Mm-hmm. No. You had yeah. you had like mayonnaise, which is good on things. Yeah, you, you had bacon, lettuce, and tomato. And then instead of putting it between two pieces of bread with mayonnaise, you decided to uh, put it in a fucking croissant. Like and like and then like boil it in bacon. Like I, I don't like it. Just like I don't know why you did the things you did. Like you had this thing where obviously the answer is BLT sandwich. Instead, you're like, I'm gonna just fucking throw it all on a pizza. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like why did you do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I just yeah, I, I I'm disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it sucks because then we're not you know yeah, it just sucks. But yeah, yeah. all right. So we'll move on from that. Um, let's. Uh, which one of these do you want to talk about? You know, what, actually, I'm going to talk about the fourth thing real quick because it's very short. Mm-hmm. Um, how amazing is it that you you sent me a sample? From, uh, what is it? Still tipping? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How nuts is it that someone made that beat and used the William Tell Overture? Like, like that's like they pulled an orchestra out and they're like. Tipping on fofos. Like, like, what the <laughs> fuck happened? Like, how did we get there? Like, what is the train of thought that's insane? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, like, you heard William Tell Overture and you were like, I can make, I can make a beat of this. I can yeah. make a Mike Jones song. <laughs> and, and that's what's nuts. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it plenty of times here before, including, I think, a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about, like, it, you know, it, it's crazy, like, how they how a producer hears something and goes, you know, if I could tweak it or change it this way or, you know, make it sound that way and stuff. And I mean, you know, when we hear it, it's because it worked, but I, I can only imagine when, you know, having them hear. Oh, Motar if we or tried to do something like that, it would just be a fucking disaster. Yeah. It would sound like that fucking, the, the pirate one. You like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jesus, yeah. So I just like I saw that. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, how do you even come up with that? And on that type of beat too. Like they did. It's yeah. not like they went from like they didn't go from an orchestra to like a super sophisticated like Lupe or or Jay Z rap. You know what I mean? Or not? Right. Or like late late registration Kanye with like right. a lot of strings and stuff. Yeah. Right. And they didn't do that with like a, a rapper who's like super lyrical and blah blah blah. They were like. They did it, and they're like, "I'm gonna make a trap beat with Mike Jones." <laughs> like what? <laughs> so that that's it. Oh, also, and then um, I sent you a link, or I told you about a song. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. The uh, Friends by Houdini. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song that I put on here samples that song, and it's funny because it's MF Doom, and in the last episode, I said MF Doom did a thing w- with a Supersonic where he used like the he used the sample of Super as a lyric yeah. in spots, yeah. and he does it in this song in the same <laughs> album. Like literally <laughs> one song later, I heard it and I, he because he uh, he says uh, so the it, the song's friends by Houdini. It's like friends ones we can depend on friends, and so he says. Like, and this is being sampled in the background for the whole song. But then he gets to a line and he says something about, because the guns we got are, and it goes, ones we can depend on. <laughs> I was like, that's a fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, it killed me that I had like, couldn't come up with an example. But if I had just listened right to the album, next song, another <laughs> example. I'd be like, ah, there it is. There um, it is. God damn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, so, anyways, let's go to the next thing, uh, which is the yep. Coach K, right? 
Yeah, Coach Hay uh, is retiring. Yeah, yeah the, the news Fuck dropped him. earlier this week. <laughs> um, he is retiring after this upcoming season. So, you know, he wants everybody to praise him at every single stadium. He wants the Kobe tour. No, he um, doesn't. Oh, yeah. Quote, quote. Yeah, wink, wink. Yeah, he just doesn't want to lie to recruits. That's why his very first press conference after announcing his retirement, he came out dancing to strobe lights and music. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with It's not about bro? him. It's about the kids. Jesus Christ. It's so funny because I listened to a sports podcast where this guy talks about, I mean, he doesn't like Coach K. Well, he's like, look, I think he's the greatest of all time. I just don't like that people think that he is like this untouchable being and he's above criticism, right? right? He's like, you know, if they're getting blown out or if they get beat by some kid, he has to go into the other kid's locker room and talk to him about it, right? He always has to make it about him. Or that one time where he was like, he like yelled at a kid or he talked, he like had a stern talking to the kid. Um, from Oregon, I think his name was right. like Dylan Brooks, and he was like, you know, you're too good to be out here showboating and stuff, right? Ever like he always tries to make himself better than what he is, which is why you know people like to hate him, right? Because right. like yeah, no, always tries to make it about him and Coach and Duke and stuff. Yeah, it's it's so he makes everything so much about him. Like his program is him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like his program. Like when people talk about Duke, they talk about like. Coach K and the um, military background and how he runs things. You know what I mean? Like the kind of right. shit mm-hmm. he runs and blah, blah, blah. And like other, like when you talk about Kentucky, you talk about like Calipari and his whole thing is like he just wants to do what's best for the people. You know what I mean? Like, like for his potential athletes. You know what I mean? He's like, trying to get want, that one and done. Yeah, he's yeah, like trying he's, to get them to the NBA. Yeah. Right. And he like wants to prepare them. Because the thing is that he's not going to try and convince you to stay longer because it doesn't make sense for you to stay longer because you can get paid right now. But he's going to try and prepare you as best he can in this one year to get you to go to the NBA. Fine. You know what I mean? That's like his thing. Roy Williams' whole thing is like, fucking, the Roy Williams thing that's nuts to me is like, I don't even know what his thing is. Like, it's him because it's Carolina and it's him. But like, the thing that's nuts to me is that like, if I had to put a defining attribute on, like, the Carolina program, it's that, like, I feel like every fucking Tar Heel player, minus a few, are, like, always, like, in support of each other on the same page. Like It's, like, like a, a super tight-knit fucking, like, mm-hmm. Roy Williams is showing up to Kobe White's games in Chicago. You know, like, like it's this, like, super tight-knit family thing, and it's still not, like... The ship that Roy Williams ran. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, that's like the defining characteristic. And the defining mm-hmm. characteristic of Duke is that, like, Coach K, like, runs a tight ship. And he's, you know what I mean? Like, like he's got, he does it the right way. Blah, blah, blah. He, he, if they're playing badly, he he takes away their jerseys because they won't wear Duke if they're playing shittily. Right. Know? Meanwhile, Grayson Allen's over here just fucking people up. And he's, like, suspended indefinitely, a.k.a. like two games. Yeah. 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 No, and, yeah, so I, I mean... Oh, like also the fucking like we're we're ending our season. It's like no, you just fucking didn't. You just lost the turn. There was nowhere for your season to go. Like, 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 uh, wasn't it last year? He was like, you know, we're. He basically said that like because of like it was like because of the pandemic. I think near the end of the season, like I think uh, as things get higher, like we're going to suspend our season. It's like no, it's because you're terrible. Like you're doing this <laughs> exactly. because you're bad. Yes, <laughs> and that's and... fine. Just say that. Just be like, there's risks. 
on top of this, and we're also not mm-hmm. good enough for it to warrant these risks. Like, we'll just right. stop. I, I don't know. Just don't be that. Like, Yeah, and that, that's what the sports podcast guy said, too. He was like, you know, when people look at Duke, they're like, oh, Coach K, immaculate. Look what he did to U.S. Uh, US basketball and, and, and Duke basketball. And then they look at um, Calipari, and they're like, oh, I mean, he wins, but he's a scumbag. You know, he, he always has violations, and, and, you know, he plays his players. And I'm like, he, he's like, look, I'm okay with playing paying the players that works for me just <coughs> excuse me just be honest and say that they both do it right right yeah there's no way that there's no way that if you're who the fuck wants to go to duke like, like, <laughs> I, I, that sounds ridiculous i i did not phrase that well but like what about Playing for Coach K makes you be like, yes. Like, that's where I want to do my one and done year. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe the U.S. basketball connection, but, like, that's not that's not substantial. That's not getting you anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, that's not yeah. doing things for you. And, like, I mean, like, I'm trying to think. Duke players that have performed well in the NBA recently is recently Ingram. It- it, recently, it, it's actually uh, a good bit. Before, it wasn't, but recently, yes. So it's like uh, um, Kyrie. Um... Man, Kyrie was there for a year, and he wasn't even there like for <laughs> most of the year. He was injured uh, for like all but like I feel like ten games or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie, um, Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum. Okay, yeah, um, Jason Tatum. I forgot about Jason. Tatum. And then there's like a few that are. Like, um, like just okay. Like Trey Young and his brother, the other one, I forget his, his, his name. Grayson Allen even is still in the league a little bit. Jaleel Okafor, I think, is still in the league. Just Justice Winslow, I think, is still there. Yeah, but so, like, like Justice Quinn Winslow, Cook, Jaleel Okafor. I don't think Quinn Cook's in the league. Is he not? I, don't think I thought so. he was with the Lakers, or he maybe he got cut by the Lakers. Yeah, I think he got cut. He was like, I don't, uh, Quinn. But yeah, but before anyway. you know, it was it wasn't it was rare, right? Like nobody from that 2010 championship team, I think, lasted very long. Um, Zion, oh Zion, yeah, Barrett. I guess the thing is that like I don't feel like any of those gained anything from Duke. If that makes oh no like, no, they, no, I think they were all think, one and done. Yeah, yeah, they they were one and done. But on top of that, I feel like they came in and out as the same player. Like. I don't think anything drastically changed or was updated by the like they could have just came straight out of high school and been the same. Right. To me. I don't Especially think... guys like Jason Tatum, Brennan Ingram, those guys are like just already built for yeah. it. Okay, so he Okay, Quinn Cook was in the league. So I will take that. He's... I actually think he won a championship with I think he like hung around either the Lakers or the the Warriors. Yeah, well, I guess it was the Lakers cuz 2019-2020 he he was with the Lakers which would have been last year which is when they won. Um so yeah, all right, fair enough. But either way like yeah, like I don't know. I just don't feel like that you're getting anything from going to Duke specifically. And right. and I guess more what I was trying to say is that like if you're not getting anything from Duke, like if it's not doing anything for you, I feel like the last person I'd want to play for is this guy who talks about how tight of a ship he runs. Like, yeah. like, like that's not where I want to spend my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think the only thing that I think makes you want to go to Duke 
is literally just the exposure. Just the ES just just the fact that you know that ESPN is gonna put you at on prime time every single game. I think that's like the only reason. Um, yeah, but like kinda like playing for the Cowboys. Like you're always gonna play the Sunday night games, you're always gonna play the Monday night games, like But like Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, like uh I think I think there's too many of these schools that would be that way if your school ended up being big. Like like those are the obvious ones. Kansas, like you know, Michigan State. Like I feel like if your if your school was if you got those types of players, I, I don't think it would matter. I think any team that ended up with like two of those would be on TV all the time, right? Right. Like I, fucking UCLA, you know, like like I feel like I, you put I, a, like a couple good players on them and they're ranked high. They're going to be on TV the whole time. I th- maybe I see. I I, th- I some, but I think you have to be like a special player to be on TV like that. Like you have to be like Zion level to be like sort of moved aside. Whereas for Carolina or Duke or Kentucky, you get those games regardless if you're good or not. Like Cade Cunningham was at Oklahoma State with another top tier recruit. And I I mean they weren't on TV like in the prime time times, right? Yeah. Um so I think, you know, it, it it's one of those things it's like you could go to Oklahoma State or wherever and hope that you know, they move the games around or you could go to Duke or Kentucky and know that they're going to do them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's true. I mean, Oklahoma state is also substantially smaller than some of the other ones of like UCLA, Michigan state and Kansas. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's easier to plan on those being good anyways and then moving stuff around a little bit, but I get what you're saying. That is true. I just, I don't know. Nothing about Duke would be appealing to me if I were a basketball (laughs) player. Like they, like, Everyone's top five has Duke in it nowadays. And I just feel like there mm. has to be money involved. Like, like yeah. there's no way. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right, and and I think and that doesn't I bother mean, like that doesn't bother me except for the fact that like part of Coach K's identity is he does things the right way. He wouldn't. Do he doesn't. That. He doesn't pay the kids. They want to come because they you know of what he provides, and it's like um okay. Yeah, he provides. Um, a bag of cash. I guarantee it. <laughs> like, ain't no yeah. way Zion Williamson went to Duke for free. Right. No. Right. Um, Zion Williamson. Will, I... Coach K tried to recruit Zion Williamson, and Zion Williamson hit Co- Coach K with the fucking Kendrick Lamar for him to pip a butterfly. This dick ain't free. He <laughs> <laughs> like, hit him with that right there. And he was like, all right, here's... Uh-huh. here's Here's the bag for your... I mean, baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, I will miss Coach A. I think I, 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 people are always like, oh, I can't wait until he retires. I'm like, well, to have a good story, to have a good rivalry, the other side has to be as good as you, I think, often. Right. I think if they're not, then it's just like, well, you're just beating the shit out of them every year, right? Right. It's like people always go, well, like NC State and Carolina are rivals, but it's like, well, like, yeah, but like, one side has been beating the shit out of the other one for years close to decades years. now. <laughs> yeah. But when it's like, you know, they always show before the Carolina Duke games, they're like, you know, over the last five, 100 games, they're, you know, 50-50, and the points are off by like two, and you go, holy shit, that's crazy. But for that to work, you have to have one side that's got Roy, one side that's got Coach K, and they have to both be very good, right? Well, maybe so, that's why they're doing it now. It's Roy Williams is leaving. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess now's the time. Like, we can keep the rivalry alive because both these guys may be terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, like we're sailing off into the, into the sunset together. But yeah, I think. I mean, 
I'm going to miss it, right? It's like you're missing Grayson Allen, right? Like, I don't want to be playing against Duke teams that have Zion because I liked Zion and I liked how he played and I liked playing against him. I want to play against motherfuckers like Grayson Allen. So I, every time that he throws a bitch fit, I can be like, no, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's like that. It's like, I don't want to play against... I mean, I, I know Coach Shire will probably, you know, uh, annoying, but it's not the same, right? Like, right. He's not... He doesn't do those Coach K things where he like if he starts losing he's like oh my back my back I gotta take some days off. <laughs> Did you well and we'll we'll wrap up this Coach K thing but in 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 '95 I think they were having a really shitty season and Coach K goes oh my back my back I gotta take a leave of absence and so he takes a leave of absence and the guy who fills in they go like two and fourteen. But contrary to how most schools do it, those losses go on that dude's record, not on Coach K's record. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and so then in 2007, he apologized and he said, yes, they should have gone to me. But then he didn't actually make them go to him or right. pull in the strings. <laughs> <laughs> those probably should have been my losses. Hey. Yeah. So are you taking them? Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah, they play bad. He's like, it's, it's like... Um, who is it? It's like Big Ben. Every time that he like plays shit, he's like, "I gotta get my walking boot." It's like that. It's like Coach K. He's like, they start playing bad. He's like, "Oh my back! Oh, I, gotta, oh, oh, I feel so sick! Oh no!" <laughs> so that's the stuff I'm gonna miss, right? Like yeah. that kind of shit. So, I mean, you know, I'm gonna miss Roy more, of course, but I'm gonna miss Coach K too because it's like it's not quite the same. Not having those two forces be like at going at each other, you know? Right, hundred percent. And also, it's not going to be the same because Hubert Davis' first recruit's a three-star. And that's... No. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I, this is super unrelated, but I can't remember who it was. I had somebody once tell me that their college team, I think it was UNC, they're like, it's a rebuilding year. And I was like, there's no such thing as a rebuilding year in college. He was like, what do you mean? We're doing it. And I was like... The reason there's rebuilding the like we're building years in the pros is because you have players under contract. You have free agents that may or may not be available. You have like all this stuff. So if your timeline at some point you have to let these contracts play out, right? You know what I mean? Because like mm. we don't I don't have the money to make the next move and this guy's getting old, so we kinda just let this contract run out. And so your rebuilding year is like, all right, we're on the last year of these garbage guys like Maybe they weren't garbage when you signed them, but maybe they're garbage now, or they're just old or whatever. And like mm. we're cl- we're clearly not competitive. So I just got like these two guys, like one year left on their contract, and I've got in w- the next free agency, I've got a couple big names coming out. So this is our rebuilding year, right? This is like we hope to draft somebody good and and maybe develop them a little bit. But our point is that like you know these contracts are coming off the books. We'll be able to sign better people we'll get somebody better in the draft like all these things have to line up and those are your rebuilding years right in college there's no rebuilding year you can just get the best player again even like in the nba if you win the championship guess what you pick last you know what i mean like in basketball or any college sport alabama wins the national championship guess what they can still get the top 22 recruits they just reload right like you don't there's no like well we have to get these people off the books no the kids just fucking leave and then you just bring the next ones in and those kids can choose where they go it'd be Mm -hmm. like if there was no draft and it was just free agency then i would feel differently about like the the like the nba like rebuilding year i'd be like maybe there's not a rebuilding year in the nba because you can just sign the best player in the draft if you offer them the most right like but 
you win the championship, you have the last player in the draft. So once those contracts start getting old, like as your players start getting old, but they're still under contract and you're still like performing better, you're still getting like not elite players in the draft, right? You can get the, you can be the championship winner and then still get the number one recruit the very next year. Like there's no reason to ever be rebuilding. So anyways, exactly. yeah. so when someone's you just like, reload, yeah. yeah. When someone's like, like, it's a rebuilding year, I was like, stop. That's not a thing in college. Like, right. that's... At, at worst, at worst, I'll be like, oh, the recruits are coming in and they're just like, you know, getting their, their, their feet under themselves, right? Like getting the, the sturdy ground under their feet. But that's like at worst, right? And even then, like, that's like early on. And then you hope by the spring that you go Sweet 16 time, right? right. And, like, and the thing is, if, if by the spring it doesn't get to Sweet 16 time, the answer wasn't, well, this was a rebuilding year. The answer is this year was a failure. Like, like right, this year was a failure and these recruits good. aren't what they were supposed to be. Right. There's no reason that you can't just be good every year in college. You know what I mean? There's yeah. literally none. Um, do you think, I put this on the dock right here, do you think, uh, Beheim retires soon after? Like, it's like... I can't believe that he's the last one to retire out of these three, because he's been supposed to retire for, like, fucking five years now, I feel like. <laughs> well, I know, I was telling, I was telling, um, um Sydney, I was like, well, because, you know, her, her family's a big, um, <clears throat> her family's a big, uh, Syracuse yeah. fans, because their parents went there. And I was like, do you think he retires or do you think he stays? And if he stays, like, is he going to try and go for Coach K's record? Because he's only, let me look, I I pulled it up. He's only 90 wins behind him. So does he stay another, like, think about that. Like, now that Coach K left, he's like, well, hold on. (laughs) All right, let's see. It rubs hands like Birdman. Oh, okay. He sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He's like, hold on, this is possible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dude, nothing, nothing, nothing would make me happier if Jim Jim Beheim retires with exactly one win higher than Coach K and just fucking mid-season. In, in like he, he passes then, the midseason like I'm retired, guys. He does that uh, Michael Jordan like fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking great. Uh, that'd be so good. He like he like grabs a record book and he grabs Coach K's head like that picture of the guy from Bird Box holding yeah. up that old lady. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> God, um, yeah, that would be amazing. Now I hope he doesn't uh, retire. I, 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 I was, I've kind of like Jim Beheim's institution, but like I kind of feel like I've been not ready for him to retire, but like interested, if that makes sense. Like, there's like if we get somebody that doesn't run a zone, I like just wonder what that means for recruits because I feel like we miss a lot of recruits because we run a zone and that doesn't translate to the NBA. So teams are getting, you know. You know, maybe teams don't look at this player as much because they're not sure what he has on defense. And I always wonder, like, if you're – and also, Bayham's not offensively minded in any sort of way. So, if you're a recruit mm-hmm. coming in, you want to show off on offense, and you don't want to just be a question mark on defense, like, you're probably not going to go to Syracuse. And so, I've always kind of wondered, like, if we get somebody else, do we recruit better or do we recruit worse? Like, yeah. do we recruit I mean, better because the system makes more sense for a translation to the NBA, or do we recruit worse because it's the person's still going to be less known than Jim Beheim? Yeah. Well, I think it's always... I, I think there's some schools that, regardless of how they're playing, the name is always going to translate, even if the program isn't great. I think um, somebody like UCLA, Georgetown, Connecticut, uh, Syracuse, I think there's always going to be an aura around them where even if, you know, they're having down years, whether it's because of Jim Beheim or not, there's always going to be recruits that are going to be attracted to that. Right. I think. 
Yeah. Um, Indiana. I mean, Indiana is a little bit bigger in terms of like blue blood thing, but Indiana, you know, because they've never they haven't been good like like that in a while. Uh, Texas, I think, is on probably. I would say Texas is probably on par with Syracuse, maybe a little bit below, just because they don't have a national championship. So I think there's always going to be a draw for hi- high level recruits. Arizona high level recruits. Um, just because just off of the name alone, right? Just off you, you know off of O three, pretty much. Yeah. I think you're right, but it's just it's like it's a thing I've thought about and been like just wondered. And at some point, you're like, well, like he's gonna retire at some point, so I mean, might as well. I just kind of want to see what's gonna happen, anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, I mean, if he sticks around just to fuck Coach K's record, I will love it so much. Um, that would be my favorite thing, like that. I, I would. Anytime I was like, someone brought up like you only have one championship as like one national title, I'd be like. Well, we have the most winningest coach in NCAA <laughs> history above two games above Coach Zuzeski. Above that bitch Coach K. Uh, drop the banner. Make him take it down. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's it. You know, I think, I, I mean, Jim Bayham has to be next. I can't imagine who else is going, like, John Gallagher is not going to retire anytime soon. Um, no, so um, Bill Self's good for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those three guys are like the last bastion of the ACC, like that sort of old classic, like, you know, ACC coaches, right? right? Like who else is there? Like I can't even, I think it's like once he's gone, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Tony Bennett becomes like, you know, the ACC coach, I think. Yeah. I think the only other person that would have been in that group and, you know, was kind of forced out and it, it I think, so like. Jim Beheim is a Big East coach, and it just kind of translated because there was enough, um, there was enough like storied history that people were like, okay, you know what I mean? Like he just kind of meshes in with these coaches, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like he, like him and Kay and Roy are like the same sort of old cut, like yeah, cut from the same cloth, and like yeah. also still good enough that they should be mentioned together, right? The right. only yep. other person yep. I feel like that would have been there was also Big East was Rick Pitino, but then you know. Everything oh yeah, his so. fifteen seconds of fame were up. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so for Dome, yeah, like Rick Pitino, um, who's the uh, um, John Cal, Jim Cal, John Calhoun, yeah, John Calhoun, Jim, yeah, Jim Calhoun, Jim Calhoun. One of them was a senator from South Carolina, and one of them is the coach. <laughs> I love the they weren't bad. I've talked about that clip before on here before, right? Where he, they they told him why he didn't take this one guy from Providence. No, and he's like, I took a Mecca Okafor. They're not bad. You want me to say I fucked up? I fucked up. Okay, <laughs> I took I took I took a Mecca Okafor and this other guy who was like really really good. And he's like, they're not that guy, but you know what? I fucked up. You want me to say I fucked up? There. I said it five times. I fucked up. That's amazing. <laughs> I have to go watch that because I do not. You gotta know. watch it. And then the one where he they talked to him about his salary. They're like, hey, um. Jim, did you know that you're the highest paid state uh, employee in Connecticut? You know, you at like five more. And he goes like, no, it's more than that. It's more than that. And he goes, don't you feel bad? And he goes, nope, not a dime back. Not a dime back. I want to retire someday. <laughs> That's amazing. And also the correct response. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll move from college basketball to NBA basketball, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rupert, I know we just we even talk about yeah. the uh the these bullet points i just real quick we should talk about the playoffs so um your boy could not have been more wrong uh yes. i believe i said that the knicks were going to smoke the hawks mhm my man julius really Randle dis a fucking peer bro i don't know where he went 
Like, yeah. he was, he had, like, one solid game, and I just don't know what the fuck happened. Like, my man just ghosted the playoffs, right? Like, he, I, I, I've never, I mean, like, I, you know what sucks, right? Is that, like, as a Knicks fan, we're so just perennially awful that, like, this year we were great. Like, in terms of the fact that, like, there's no way we should have been the four seed based on what we did last year, right? Right, And right, our best yeah. player was Julius Randle. Like, the four seed in the East with your best player is Julius Randle and a first year for a coach. So, like, this was, this season was, like, an overwhelming success, right? Like, right. big picture, overwhelming success. We get bounced in the first round like that. And, like, because you're so used to just being down on the Knicks, like, as a Knicks fan, I'm just like, man, just fucking Knicks. Like, next year we're going to be back to, like, fucking out of the playoffs. Like, like, like everything's fucking, <laughs> like, it's been so doom and gloom for so long. And, like, had just an impeccable season. And then for it to ha- end in such an anticlimactic way where, like, the series wasn't even competitive, really. And it's just like, oh, never mind. This whole, like, this was just a flash in the pan and it's all back to doom and gloom. Like, yeah. there's no reason to think that because Thibodeau's going to be back, Barrett's back, Randall's back, blah, 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 off-season, retool. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no reason to think that all of a sudden we're just going to be terrible again, but I just can't shake it. I'm, I'm like, I know. Just, it's <laughs> like, um, I forget what year. I think it was like 2010 or 2013, whatever year they went with Melo. And they won, I think, fifty-five games, and they were like, "Oh shit," you know. And then we lost to the fucking Pacers. After that, yeah, yeah, we lost to the fucking Pacers in the playoffs. Although those Pacer teams were good, they they were good with Paul George, Roy Hibbert, George Hill. I think we were. What's? I'm going to say this. I understand that what I'm saying is going to sound ridiculous, but like I still think I'm right, which is that I think that team was designed to play well against the Heat. And then we came across the Pacers first, and we're like, well, this isn't, like, what we're designed to do, and we lost. You know what I mean? Like, 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 <laughs> like I'm not saying we would have beaten the Heat, but, like, you have Tyson Chandler in the middle. Like, like I, you know what I mean? You have a big defensive guy in the middle. Carmelo can put up points, ISO, regardless of what anyone else can do. Um, we had a couple good shooters. Like, I feel like, just like the Pacers were designed to beat the Heat, I feel like we were also, like, we had created our team as, like, knowing that the Heat is the team to beat in the East, right? Yeah. And the and answer may have been, even when we beat the Pacers, we still just get beat by the Heat. I'm not saying we were like, oh, we definitely would have beat the Heat if we ran into them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I feel like it just sucked. Like, I feel like it would have been a better series against a lot of other teams other than the Pacers. Like, like... Like, the Pacers were built the way we were, just a little better. Like, I, I don't know. It just sucked um, yeah. to lose to the Pacers and Roy Hibbert, who's, like, the goofiest dude. Um, he's that like the bum least... and Lance Stevenson. Yeah, Lance Stevenson. Bro, if you ever – they should make a highlight reel of Roy Hibbert, but it's just him falling over because he fell more than <laughs> any other person that plays basketball. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, so the Knicks got bounced. Uh, that was depressing. Um, what else? Uh, go ahead. Just a bunch of little, like, scattered brain, or, like, a scattered things. Well, because I, you know, I was like, well, you know, we'll do the, the playoff preview, and then we'll, like, mention, like, you know, when the Knicks lose, or, like, when the Lakers lose, which we will, but, like, there's a bunch of, like, little stuff. Like, so, um, you know, we were mentioned earlier about a coach being moved up, and just because them being a coach is not working, and, you know, this week, Brad Stevens, or Danny Ainge, 
you know, um, I got fired. What is it called? Uh, when you was forced to resign. I don't know. Resigned. Yeah, he resigned, and Brad Stevens got moved up into his old position. Right. And it's just crazy because I think he was like, all the reports were saying that Brad Stevens had been tired of coaching ever since the bubble and, you know, the season was just exhausting to him. And so somebody on Twitter was like, you know, they gave this man a promotion because he was tired. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that it's crazy that he, you know, he, he gets moved up and he gets to, I mean, he's. I'm going to say he hasn't underachieved, but he hasn't really overachieved. Does that make sense? I like, don't know. I feel like his first year there was a bit of a, like, like when those players were still young, I feel like they were definitely overachieving. Like before right, but, the, and so my thing is, but even like, I don't think we give Brad Stevens enough credit in terms mm-hmm. of like that team, that team was never going to win anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if, Jason Tatum's great, but like Jason Tatum and I guess Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. you're not winning a championship with those being your two best players. There's no way. And then you get Kyrie and Kyrie dips. And it's like, all right, well, there goes that. And then Gordon Hayward's like hurt now. Like, you right. know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what? Did, I guess my point is that, like, what did you expect to say? Like, like. I mean, did they overachieve? I don't, like, maybe. We'll see this year when a new coach comes in and they, you know, depending on what happens with the roster. See what happens with Tatum, yeah. But, like, I just don't think, I don't know, a lot of people were expecting more and, like, as I think about it, it's like, I don't really know what more you could have got. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, they got a conference finals. They went to the conference finals in 2018 against LeBron where he. Yeah, and, uh, the, like, the Blazers haven't gotten a conference finals, have they? Uh, last year didn't they? Was it last year? I think didn't they play the Lakers in the conference finals last year? Maybe. Either way, I would describe Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum as probably a better duo than Jason Tatum and 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 Jalen Brown. I, right now, yes, but I think as Jalen, he's getting like scary good. Where, like. It could be, he could be like top three very, very soon. I think top four, top three. You very, mean Jason, very soon. right? Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yeah, sorry, not Jalen. Yeah, Jason. Jason Tatum. So, sorry. I, but that's what I mean. Like up to this point where Brad Stevens has been coaching, like I don't feel like he's underperformed in any capacity. Like looking at what you have and like comparing it to other teams around the league and what achievements they get. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what else you were expecting out of this team. Um, so that, that's, that's my thing. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know what you would have been hoping for. And so that's where we're at. Yeah. So the Trailblazers did make the conference finals in 2018, 2019, where they got swept by the Warriors. Okay. All right. So, uh, but yeah. Um, so that's the thing. I, I don't think it's a bad move to brew, move, uh, bad move to move Brad Stevens up, but it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I get rid of the whole, like he, he got a promotion cause he's tired thing, but I do think he, maybe qualified. I don't know. I don't know that he's qualified for this job at all, but I have to imagine he still had to interview for it. Um, yeah, yeah no, I mean, I think he's it. qualified. It, it's just interesting how he was like, I'm tired. And they were like, oh, Brad, do you want this one? He's like, sure. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I'll do that because I, yeah. But on their point, they're probably like, well, we have an opening. And he's like, what opening? And I was like, well, this guy's about to go. <laughs> 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 like, this guy, Danny Age, is about to be out of here. Um, 
Yeah. And he's somebody, well, uh, somebody who I think, you know, he built the, the 08 super team, the three, the big three. So he deserves credit for that. But then the last 10 years, he's been doing that thing where he like, he trades everybody and he gets those picks, but then he doesn't do anything. Right. Right. Exactly. It's always like when some big drop, when, when a big trade happens, it's always like Jenny Ainge comes out and he goes, well, you know, we were number two for that guy and we almost had him, but then we just didn't want to give up certain assets. And it's like, well, you keep. At some point you have to give up these assets for the window. Right, right. And, you know, Dragonfly Jones on Twitter said this, you know, it's kind of funny how, you know, he fleeced the Nets in like, what, like 11 or 12, and he got like all those picks for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and all those old guys. Um, And then he spent the whole decade trying to get really good, and then the Nets at the end ended up being the... the yeah, or the prohibitive know, favorites in the East. The prohibitive favorites because they, hey, we just wanted to hang out together and really good players wanted to play with each other. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, so that yeah. Is, that is kind of funny. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing you wanna you had on here is that LeBron is out in the first round. Yes, my goat. Uh, it, it was inevitable. He uh, he got four to two, I think. And uh, yeah, but I think if Anthony, I mean, uh, if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt, I do think they probably do win this series. Yeah, because they were up two one. Thing, they won two in a row, and then he got hurt. The thing that's hard to say about that is that like. I'm trying to think of an example here. Like, if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt, is... I mean, we saw it last year, right? They won the championship when he wasn't hurt. But, Mm -hmm. like, he's hurt all the fucking time. So, at this point, like, saying, like, well, if he wasn't hurt is kind of like saying, well, like, yeah, well, if this player was better. You know, like, 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 being hurt all the time is apparently part of the Anthony Davis package. Like, Yeah, it's like Joel Embiid. Same thing. Where he's like... Oh, he's good, but oh, he fell. He fell funny. He's walking back to the locker room because he fell awkwardly. Yeah, but even Joel Embiid's aren't as bad as fucking Anthony Davis's. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's are smaller in magnitude, and like he continues. I don't know. I just feel like Anthony Davis is always fucking out of games. Like, like I feel like I, I don't know. Like I, I just, I just feel like he's way more injury prone than. Embiid. I feel like also that like at least even currently Embiid's talent is still more worth the injuries than Anthony Davis's is at this point in time. Like I feel like if you ask LeBron if he'd rather have Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid on his team, he'd probably tell Joel Embiid. Um, but that's interesting. Know. See, I I don't know. I I think they're both. I would put them both on par with one another for me. At least I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's it I mean like. I don't know. I mean, Joel Embiid was part of the MVP race this year and was going to win it until he got hurt, whereas yeah. Anthony Davis was never in the conversation. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 tough. I just, I feel like I'm more up in Embiid, like, in terms of, like, I expect more, you know, and more confident in that situation than the Anthony Davis one. I feel like he's not hurt quite as much. He's yeah. He's a little more... Also, part of it, too, is, like, Embiid actually does bang around down low, and that's maybe why he gets hurt more. Anthony Davis doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Anthony no, Davis is out here playing, like, a wing, basically. And, and like, he forgets that he's seven foot. And still yeah, getting he forgets he's fucking, fucking massive time. and bigger than everybody, yeah. Yeah, and so it's, like, at least, 
Like, he didn't, but I'm like, if Shaq was getting hurt all the time, you'd be like, well, yeah, it's because everyone's just fucking beating the dog shit out of him all the time. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it, it versus fucking Tracy McGrady getting hurt all the time, and you're like, oh, shit, like, what's, what is this about? Because, like, it's not like you're in there just getting hammered all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're a wing. There's no reason you should be getting hurt this often. Other than that's just part of your genetics is that you get hurt. You know what I mean? And that's more how I feel about Anthony Davis than I do Embiid. Um, but yeah, they they did get they got knocked out of the first round by the yeah. Suns. Isn't that crazy? Nice. The Suns like and also Chris Paul missed a game or two, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he got hurt too. Yeah, yeah. so I mean the Suns, the Suns. <laughs> um, Devin Booker. I mean, he's like a, like him, uh, Tatum, uh, Murray, Mitchell. I think all those guys are like you know. Uh, who's the other? Uh, Trey Young. They're like those guys that are like the next big batch, like them, uh, Luca. Even like those like between twenty one and twenty five year olds that are just like they're gonna be like the dudes over the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, let's see. Uh, it's not in this because the next thing we want, the last thing we want to talk about is conspiracy picture. But yes. the one thing I did want to touch on is that I watched yeah. the Mavs Clippers game last night. Did you get a chance mm-hmm. to watch it or no? No. Mm-mm. Bro, Paul George is awful. <laughs> playoff P. <laughs> Paul George is fucking terrible. And uh, I was talking to my dad about it because he was watching the game with me. And I was like, he was like, if they lose in the first round, what does Kawhi do? And I was like, well, Kawhi clearly leaves, right? Like, Kawhi's got to be like, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, this shit ain't working. Peace out. But, like, what's funny to me is that the whole reason the team is built the way it is is because of Kawhi. Like, Kawhi was like, I'll come to the Clippers because Paul George will come with me if I come. And they were like, yep. okay. And then he came and Paul George came with him. I was like, so you know he thought Paul George was better. And then, like, as he started to play with Paul George over these, he's had to have, like, in the playoffs, like, big shots come up and he just fucking bricks it hard as shit. He's got to, like, every time that happens, look at Paul George and be like, where did I go so wrong? You're bad. Like, what? Right. Why didn't I just go with LeBron to the Lakers and just... I could have done... Do, like, I'd have rather done this shit solo in Toronto. I'd have rather had Pascal Siakam. Like, why did I choose you? <laughs> like, every time he sees it, he has to be like, God, I fucked up. <laughs> and that's what's crazy is that, you know, it, it, I think it's just in the playoffs. Because I think in the regular season, he was top three in MVP, I think, two or three years ago. His last year in, I think, it with the Thunder or with the Pacers. Like, he's, like, six, seven. He can create his own shot. He's a great defender. He can shoot, what, he like, uh, he's, like, a candidate for 50, 40, 90 all the time. But then in the playoffs, he just fucking poofs. He just disappears. And it's, like... And I I think I think part of it is that he's not actually that good. Like, well, I'm, I'd say that he's clearly good. Like, he, but what I'm... He's not that level of good is what I'm trying to say. Like, mm. everything in the playoffs is so much more tight and fine-tuned in terms of like what you're playing against like in the regular season if i play if i'm x team and i play clippers lakers toronto boston dallas in like mm-hmm. in like a week and a half span like i i can't paul pierce was talking about it which i mean who gives a shit about paul pierce but paul pierce was talking about it and he was like you know after a regular season game when i get done with the game like, uh, we're flying home. And maybe I should be studying film on this flight, but I'm fucking tired. I'm going to sleep. And then when mm-hmm. we land in the next place, we can do a quick film study, right? And then, like, 
the next game. So, like, once you get to the playoffs, though, it's like, I'm going to see nothing but this guy for anywhere from four to seven games straight. Mm -hmm. And I get a day between each game. And we only travel, like, twice. You know what I mean? Like, everything can be so much more fine-tuned. Like, in the regular season, one must spend fucking eight hours figuring out Luka just to immediately toss it in the trash because I have LeBron right. the next day. Like, that's, yep. I'm not going to do that. But in the playoffs, like, I can learn every little fucking thing about this guy right here in front of me. You know what I mean? Like, I can learn all these tendencies. And I just have to imagine that when a, when a player is so bad in the playoffs, and it's not like, it's not like James Harden. Like, James Harden ends up bad in the playoffs at the Rockets, and I'm like, well, I mean, he's kind of been carrying this whole team through the regular season. You know what I mean? Like, Paul George is not carrying that load in the regular season. So it's not like he's just physically worn out. It's just like, I think you're just not good. Like, not not good enough to be that. But Monty Jones is saying, the problem is that he's so much better than a number three guy. Like, the best number three guy on your team. Mm -hmm. He's so much better than that. But he is the absolute worst version of a number two guy you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so like you see him and you're like, he should just be an elite three and D guy who, you know, can maybe, should... maybe shine when other people are getting locked up. You know yeah, what I mean? He should be like a clay, a clay when Stephen Curry are on the team. Right. Or not, uh, Stephen KD, like yeah. being clay in that moment. That's mm-hmm. what he should be. The problem is he's so much more qualified. So you're like, but he can do all these things. And it's like, like he, he can. He KD, yeah. He can, but the answer is like, once you're relying on him to do all those efficiently, it's too late. Your team's gone. Like, there's no, you don't have a legitimate chance anymore. You know what I mean? He should be the best third guy on any team, period. It's what he should be. And instead, right. when you put him as your number two guy, because he's better than all the other number three guys, you're like, fuck, though. We, like, this is not enough every time. So I just like I, I think we expect too much out of Paul George. And then Paul George also just made it way too easy to make fun of him, right? Like, playoff yeah. P, why did you call yourself that when you've had Or that zero, Gatorade commercial. Yeah, and you've had, like, zero success in the playoffs. Game. Uh, game. And then Dude. every time it's the fucking clip of him hitting that backboard hard as shit. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> or hitting the side uh-huh. of the backboard on one of them, I think. Uh, yeah. God, it's great. I hate, I hate Paul George. Also, he just looks stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck him. Uh, so, but yeah, the Clippers. Yeah, Paul George sucks. I watched that game last night. He was terrible. He, <laughs> he was so bad. Also, fucking Kawhi Leonard put up like 40 points or some shit and like. Halfway through the fourth quarter, I was like, I, I saw a stat come up, and I turned. I was like, "How many points do you think Kawhi has?" And he was like twenty, uh, or he was like twenty four, probably based on just like you know, have we been watching the game? I was like, mm-hmm. I was gonna say somewhere around twenty, but it here says he has thirty seven points, and he yeah. he shot eighteen for twenty five. That yeah, that's <laughs> that's fucking insane. That's nuts, dude. That that, that yeah, eighteen for twenty five. My man shot like 70% from the field. Like, what the fuck? And put up 47 or 40, whatever, yeah. 45. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was just nuts. Um, And then, you know, Paul George fucking beside him. It was a close game. That's the other thing. He was shot 18 for 25, and it was a close game up until like the last two minutes. And it's because fucking Paul George holding the garbage <laughs> team back. All right, so let's talk about the, the last thing we want to close with is this conspiracy picture, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So we can wrap up the episode after this. So um, I mentioned it, I think, last week on the podcast. But there is, uh, I found this picture on Twitter where somebody, I wish I could have gotten the original tweet or they would have uh, put a watermark on the picture. But it's a giant iceberg and it's like levels of conspiracies. And so, you know, as you get further down, the conspiracies get fucking crazier and crazier. And so what I thought we could do is go through each round. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's uh, eight. And so in each round, we don't have to t- say all of them. We'll put it up, you know, when we release the episode. We'll post it up or we'll post it on Instagram so you can follow along. But what we can do is in each round, we can give our favorite and like the one that you think is like like most funny, like the funniest one or the yeah. most like, holy shit, that's ridiculous. But then also the one that you think is the one that's like, no, that's actually true. That's not a conspiracy theory. Right. Okay. Um. So for the first round, do you want to go? Yep. We're, um, so we're starting at the top, which is the least crazy of all of these. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every layer, the conspiracy theories get vastly more insane. Um, yeah. So this top one, uh, I guess the one that I think is the most, um, normal right like the mm-hmm. the one i think is the most normal i guess would be regular tanking like that's just the thing that's like what teams do yeah <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. that, that that's the one i would choose and then the craziest one to me or do you want to both say the one we think like which order do you want to do this i just do your craziest we'll do we both do ours okay and then the craziest is probably the referee game fixing, which also has happened uh but i don't think it's quite rampant <laughs> <laughs> i think my the one that I think is like most regular is the flu game was a hangover. Okay. Uh, I know they said it was pizza or whatever, but you know, I probably had a couple of beers too. Okay. And then the craziest one is probably, yeah, the, the game fixing. Yeah. Probably, where it's like, that's, yeah, that's pretty unlikely. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing, uh, this next layer, uh, let's see the, the most true thing, um, has to be probably the Heat Big Three playing years ahead. I I I could see that. Yeah, I mean, because you, you all know you. well before free agency comes up, you like all three of them knew what year they were becoming free agents together. You know what yeah, I mean? And they played at the Olympics in 08, yeah. and You go, hmm, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's and then the craziest one. I'm stuck between those two, uh, between two of them. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the frozen envelope. Where, where the Knicks got Patrick Ewing. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, I thought that was going to be your most realistic one. Like, yo, this definitely happened. Fuck y'all. Nah, because the thing is, like, so many people had to take so many things to the grave. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Right, there, right. There would have to be so many people involved and no one to ever say anything. That's ridiculous. Like, mm. like that's, that's such a far-fetched thing. Um, yeah. But it's also the one that people, the reason I chose it is the one that I think also most people do believe is true. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's crazy. <laughs> um, my one that I think definitely happened is definitely true. Is MJ's bas- bas- uh, baseball period was a hidden suspension? It's yeah. happened. It happened. He got mm. caught for gambling. Yep. And the one I think is the craziest one is the probably the rampant PED usage. That one I think is just. I mean, it's like. I, sure, but I, like I think that one's true. I, I, <laughs> I, think, I think all sports, like the yeah. NFL, definitely has way more people on steroids than than are you know caught with it. And in my head, I'm just like, like too many professional athletes are psychos that like there's no way, like there's not a bunch of PEDs being used in every sport. 
Yeah, like how is it that baseball of all sports is the one where people are like, oh, everyone's on steroids. You know what I mean? Like, and literally they're like just like a bunch of regular schmegler looking chubby dudes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Also, that's one of my favorite things. Is like every time you find out someone's on steroids and you look at them, and you're like, "That's the best steroids got you." Like that. Like, <laughs> y'all need better steroids, dog. You're like, I don't want. It. I want to look like Thor. I don't want to look like fucking uh, Jason Giambi. Yeah, I don't want to look like fucking Roger Clemens. Um. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So the next one. Um. Let's see. Uh, my the one I'd probably say is the most real out of these um it's probably this one's weird uh probably mm-hmm. the michael jordan mob gambling deck <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's probably i feel like the most likely to be true out of these uh-huh. one of these i don't even, actually I, you know what david stern killing alan iverson's album is probably the most true i don't, I don't know the story behind that but like i could totally, that sounds amazing yeah, but just that sounds amazing yeah but just like i could see it you know what i mean like, like that would not mm-hmm. surprise me at all if that story came out I'd be like, oh yeah okay yeah so i guess that's probably the most realistic because if someone actually came out with proof that that michael jordan's mom gambling debt was a thing and I, i'd have been like oh fuck <laughs> um, that's why yeah they, they, they killed his dad because of it yeah um, so my, the one that I think is most real about this one is lying about the ages because people were like, Luka Doncic is at least 25 years old <laughs> and I kind of believe them. I'm like, you know, they've been playing pro since they were like 16, quote, 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 16, 16. Hmm. It's a little fishy. And he's like, oh, he's a phenom. He's already hit the league and he's already this good. Hmm. He's 25. So the one that, and then the, of course, I think the most ridiculous one is the gambling dead. Yeah. Where he got his dad killed because he had gambling. <laughs> Also, had his dad killed. He did not choose to have his dad killed. It's just the game right, right, that right, right. ended with the death of his father. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Also, I don't know what this magnetic rims one is. That's I like looked at it. And I was like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. That needs more context. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the David Sherman. It's like I've never heard of that, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. So the next one. Let's see. Um, the one that's most real is probably the the first turned off the AC. <laughs> and in the, the 2014 and, and, yeah, in the finals. NBA Finals. I don't even know why. Like, I don't even... I mean, like, the Spurs players were old, so I feel like they should have handled that a lot worse than the Heat players, but maybe they're used to it because they live in San Antonio and it's always fucking mm-hmm. hot. But also, like, they're in Miami, so it's not like it's always fucking cool in Miami. But, like, either way, that that's, like, the most, like... The AC immediately stopped working, and immediately, like everyone on the fucking Lakers or the Heat were like, "Our oh, cramping." Like, Who cramping? Maybe the Spurs got a little bit more like, "Hey, you guys should drink a lot of water." Like, wink, wink, <laughs> right. nudge, nudge. Go ahead and get a couple IVs in. And um, the thing is, they didn't even need to do that because they fucking dick smacked them. I think they right. won like four one. Patty Mills was draining everything, and he, <laughs> I think he had thirty in the closeout game. And it's like you don't even need this. But yeah, and then the craziest one is probably. Uh, the Morris Brothers Parent Trap, but also, like, it's just, like, if I ever hear about it, it won't, like, completely surprise me, but I love it mm-hmm. so much. That's, see, and that's my true one. That's what I think is true. <laughs> because, there, you know, there's two types of twins. There's, like, twins who, like, you know, they look the same and they do, they like, you know, like, different things. Like, Mary Kay Nashley episodes where, like, one would be the tomboy, one would be the girly girly, and so that's it, right? But then there's some that are, like, 
they have the same tattoos, they they have the same haircuts, they dress the exact same, they like the same music. Um, and that's the Morris twins, yeah. where they are the exact same. They have the same tattoos and everything. So it would not surprise me if one of them was hurt and the other one was playing a playoff game and was like, hey, swap in for me, they'll never know. <laughs> and then yeah, can the you craziest... imagine just the, like, if that got out, though? Like, how? That would be nuts. Right? Whoo! They, they would be banned from the league. <laughs> oh, yes. That would be... Yes, that would be nuts. That would be... Yeah. Alright. And then the craziest one is that um, Vegas owns the NBA. Yeah. Where they, like, rig everything, and I, I just think that's fucking nuts, and yeah. I think that's funny. That's true. Alright, so the next one, my... The one that's probably the most true is that Paul Pierce definitely shit his pants. <laughs> that's 100% true definitely shit his uh-huh. pants um, and then the craziest one is Greg Popovich used to be a CIA agent cause I don't even know where the <laughs> fuck that came from like what is the story behind that uh-huh. uh, my real one is I think that one as well Paul Pierce definitely shit his pants and they had to carry him out in that wheelchair and he was like they like held his legs up um, and then the craziest one is that, uh, Kwai is a Scientologist. Yeah. That's another one where it's like, that's crazy, but also it wouldn't surprise me because my man's like a robot. So like, yeah, I, like, I also shout out to Steve Nash. MVP was to get more white fans. That's a good one too. <laughs> yeah. That's a solid little one there. Yeah. Um, all right. So next group, uh, let's see. Um, the one that's most true is... ESPN Loki trying to move the Raptors to the U.S. I think like like that that would surprise uh, me. Like every time they're like, "There's a team in Seattle." Like yeah, like we need a team uh, in Seattle. Um, yeah, yeah. That that's that's it. And then the craziest one of those, um, let's see, probably probably Vlad uh, Vlad Divac didn't select Luca because of Yugoslavian conflict. That's probably the <laughs> craziest so one. Uh, the one that I think definitely is true is that Wilt's 100, per- 100 point game was fake. It was a fake. There's no footage. We just have to go off some dude's sketchy notes and that picture of him holding up a piece of 100. Fake. Um, and then in the same level is LeBron Oedipus Complex, which I think is the craziest one because that's weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fucking, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, God, oh, what was, uh, name? Uh, what was his name? Uh, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, now. yes. Um, oh my God. It wasn't Mo Williams. It was. God, I cannot think of his name now. All right. I'm Googling. <laughs> Guy that's with LeBron's mother. Guy that had sex with LeBron's mom. Devante West. Devante West. Okay. Delante West. Sorry. Delante West. West. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, that's 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 a crazy little fucking situation right there. <laughs> um, all right, so the next one down. This is the next to last one for for. Uh, so my favorite, the one I think is the most real. Um, let's see. I don't know on this one. This one is there's not like any that really stick out to me as being probably true. Um. I'm going to say creation of a three-point line was racially motivated. Um, because the thing is that, like, the ban of dunking was definitely racially motivated. So, like, yeah, so why it would not, not surprise one, yeah. me if that's why they put in a three-point line. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you've already done it before, so, you know, you have a track record of doing shit like this to the game. Yeah, and then my favorite one that's crazy is that Ben Simmons is actually a 50% three-point shooter <laughs> waiting to go off in the finals. Because that would be the nuts biggest, most insane story of all time. Right? Like, like this dude who we constantly shit on for not taking enough threes, all of a sudden... Finally gets to the finals one year, and here's the deal: he didn't pull it out in the like in in any of the playoffs before. Like when they played Kawhi, like he was like, "Nah, I still have to hold this back." Like like this is not the time. And then he's finally gonna get to the playoffs and just start raining down threes. That would be amazing. That would be I, the I, most I, incredible storyline to ever hit the NBA. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that would be. Yes, that would be. Ridiculous! Like that'd be he, like give this man instant hall of fame, MVP. right? Like he has oh, to absolutely. go in the hall of fame, and then that has to absolutely. be for everyone forever. That's like one of those, you know, how Joe Namath was like not very good, but because he was like, I guarantee we're gonna win Super Bowl three, and he like put up like two hundred yards. They were like, oh my god, this man is a legend. That's yeah. how this is. This man hit three out of six threes. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so what's what are your two? Yeah, um, the one that I think is, I'm, I'm with you with the racially motivated. I think that's the one that's most mostly likely true and the craziest one for me is that mj is jimmy butler's dad right so why like just because they both play for the bulls and they're both because they both like are good uh, yeah, i don't even think their ages match up i think he was, like, <laughs> was born in like 82 before he even got to the league yeah but he's his dad Oof. all right um so let's see so the, we're at the very last run here <laughs> jesus bro. i'm cracking up reading these all right so I feel like we both have the same one that's most likely to be true, just because it ha- it's the least substantial, which is that Will Chamberlain is Otto Porter's grandfather. Because the moment <laughs> I looked up that picture, I was like, holy shit, why do they look so much alike? And so, like, uh, it yes. doesn't really have any giant repercussions if that's true, especially because Otto Porter is not that great. But, like, it's just... It's, but they look... They look identical, bro. Identical. And, of course, we know about Will's escapades, so yeah. it's like... It's not, like, unlikely, but out of all the ones that it's with, it's probably the most likely. Right, exactly. And then the one that's the craziest, I mean, those top three have to be, like, the the ones on the top of this rung, (laughs) those are all insane. So, I I guess, I guess the one I would say is the most insane is that Len Bias was a CIA hit job. Because... Why even? Like what? Like what was the reason for doing that? Like what uh-huh. did you gain from doing that? So that's the one that's the most insane for sure. Is that Len Bias was a CIA hit job? Let me look. Oh, I can't. Let me see. Oh, are you about to give me evidence for Len Bias being a CIA hit job? No, but okay. I I went I looked up I looked up um uh, Len Bias CIA hit job yeah and it took me to the tweet that I got this picture from so shout out to Marks Gasol at Socialist Raptor okay for creating this list okay. <laughs> solid um and I think my craziest one I think the one that I think is most likely true is Will Chamberlain is Otto Porter's grandpa and the craziest one is adam silver is a vampire right because vampires aren't fucking real but 
that's how insane I feel like it is that the CIA is killed by us. I think I think the commissioner of the NBA is more likely to be a vampire than for the CIA to pull a job on fucking Len Bias. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one that neither of us ended up choosing that I think is also crazy is that LeBron was grown in a lab. Yes. <laughs> I just imagine him in like uh the Empire Strikes Back where like where Luke is in that water tank yeah. and he's like he's like shaking. Or like um what's his name? Uh Cell. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Also everything Kyrie said was true. That 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 one's great because it encompasses so many different ridiculous things, right? Like the earth yes. is flat. And then also like all these other dumb ridiculous statements he makes, but like all of those are now true. Yeah, I like the one about a couple of rungs above, where like one of them is Mark Hilfoltz, parentheses, everything. Right, and uh, I was going <laughs> to choose that one, but I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, it, it happens, like, it's shit. They fucked up his jump shot, they like, fucked, they like, traded him. Yeah. And he's still, I think he's only now really 21, so Jesus. he's got time, yeah, or he, 22. He still fix this. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, but that's the episode, right? Um, yeah. I, I will put this picture out for everyone to see, so that way we can all you know, make our own assumptions about which of these are real or fake. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, as usual, uh, if you want to catch me at, uh, Instagram and Twitter, you can catch me at T money bags. And I'm at evercastro 92 on Instagram. And if you want to catch the podcast, you can catch us at diff animals pod on Instagram and Twitter or email us at different animals podcast at gmail.com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace. See you.